Welcome to you wherever you are at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Uh, we are in a great series called God of Creation. And uh, really, uh, the goal of this series is this, to uh, remind us all that when we align ourselves with creation, as God has set it in place, uh, our lives become fruitful beyond our wildest imaginations. And the opposite side of that truth is also apparent. Uh, when we don't align ourselves with uh, our creation, our creator, our lives tend to drift into chaos. And, uh, you know, uh, abundance or chaos, the choice is kind of before us. And uh, Paul, the apostle, uh, kind of lays down the foundational truth that we're building on in this series. Here's what he said uh, in Romans chapter 1 about uh, God's created order and his purpose in it. Uh, what can be known about God is plain uh, to people, to us, because God has made it plain. Uh, ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, and now he specifies what those are, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen uh, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Uh, basically, Paul is saying this, that everything that God has created is meant to communicate to us uh, two things about the reality of the unseen, invisible God. One, that he is eternally powerful. He's incredibly powerful, and he's absolutely good. His divine nature are on display through everything that we can see and experience in this wonderful uh, creation that we are a part of. And, uh, you know, when we begin to live in harmony with creation and its creator, uh, we experience a sense of well-being. Uh, we find our place in the world. And that's exactly what uh, the psalmist, uh, a wonderful psalm, uh, Psalm 8, uh, where uh, King David is marveling at uh, being a part of God's created order. Here's what he says in this wonderful poetic psalm. He begins, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Uh, you've set your glory in the heavens. Paul basically is marveling at the, the beauty, the greatness, the majesty of God on display through what he has made. And so he goes big, but now he goes extremely small. He says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. And you go, wait, what? What does that mean? Uh, uh, David is basically saying that, look, uh, God has established his glory in the heavens, uh, but it's also expressed through uh, the crown of his creation, through humans. In fact, through the tiniest, uh, weakest humans, when they gurgle out uh, coups of, of uh, well-being and gladness, uh, basically David is noting that they're declaring the eternal power and the goodness of God uh, through their humble Efforts of praise. He goes on with this contrast. He says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, I think, well, what in the world are people? What is mankind that you're even mindful of them? 
human beings that you would care about them. And yet, obviously, David has learned uh, God does uh, care about humans. He is mindful of them, as David uh, knew about uh, in his own life. He says, you have made uh, people a little lower than the angels, and yet you've crowned them with glory and honor. There's a sense of dignity uh, associated with being created in the image and the likeness of God. Uh, David goes on, he says, you've made them rulers over the works of your hands. You've put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, all that swim, the paths of the seas. Uh, so David is marveling that uh, in the greatness of creation, uh, God has given a special place uh, to humankind as uh, having dominion in the earth and the ability to partner with God in seeing his creation flourish. And so David uh, ends with this exclamation, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And see, uh, David is expressing uh, what I'm trying to communicate in this series, that when we marvel at the God of creation and we align with God's created order, our lives take on this sense of fullness and abundance. We, when we live at odds with that revelation that God is pouring out every day through what he has made, that he is eternally powerful and he is incredibly good, when we choose to distance ourselves uh, from that revelation, our lives drift into chaos. God is infinitely powerful. God is incredibly good and in all of creation reminds us of that. Uh, ask you a question here. Uh, do you think it would make a difference in your life if you were aware that God is eternally powerful and incredibly good and that uh, power and that goodness uh, is available uh, to be expressed in your life as your part in God's created order? You know, last week we shared this story of this uh, Harvard professor uh, she's a neurologist, studies uh, brain mapping and uh, which parts of the brain light up uh, when we're tasking versus uh, meditating. And, and uh, she had this incredible uh, experience. Uh, she wrote about it in her book called A Stroke of Insight. And uh, uh, she expresses this one uh, quote, really kind of brings her experience to light. Uh, she, being a a neurologist and knowing how the brain functions, she said well, when this hemorrhage started in the left side of her brain, she began to notice that her tasking functions, you know, where do I have to be at 10 o'clock? What problems do I have to solve? What I'm concerned about and anxious about today, as she noticed all of those functions began to shut down. But she said, um, when, the, when the left side of my brain shut down and my cognitive function shifted to the right side. I had the perception that I was at one with the universe. Uh, you know, uh, Jill was, was experiencing what we're trying to communicate in this series, that it will open up uh, to that part of us that connects with God and that receives uh, truth uh, from God, uh, expressing himself through what he has made we do begin to experience this sense of harmony that, that we are part of God's created order and that we have a, a unique and a special placement in 
what God has made. You know, uh, here's uh, kind of uh, the goal expressed in this way of this series. I want to prompt and provoke all of us to open up to the revelation of creation, that uh, there would be something in us. We wouldn't have to, God forbid, go through a stroke to gain that awareness that we are a unique and a wonderful part of God's created order. Well, uh, if you tuned into our opening message last week, uh, we made this point that the best way to open up to the revelation of God through creation is to open up to the revelation of Jesus, uh, God with us, uh, the creator uh, in our midst. And we looked at this uh, wonderful example where the disciples uh, were in the middle of a storm. Uh, their lives were threatened. They, they were in fear of drowning. And here's Jesus, God with them, asleep in the bow of the boat. And when they uh, woke him up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly everything was calm, and uh, they freaked out all the more. In fact, they asked this question. It says they were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, the answer to that question, who is this that was with them and is with us if we invite him in? Uh, Jesus is God of creation. Uh, Jesus, uh, the very one uh, who was in the boat with them, uh, was demonstrating that he is indeed the God of all creation. Uh, you know, we noted that one of the disciples in the boat, a guy named John, uh, would a few years later uh, write these words. Uh, in the beginning was the word, his nickname for Jesus. The word was with God, and the word was God. Uh, he, Jesus, was with God in the beginning, and through him, all things were made. And without him, without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. Well, I, I want to encourage you, as you think about these words, uh, here's a promise that I believe the scriptures make to us, and I'm going to put in front of you today. Uh, if you will put Jesus at the center of your universe, you will find and fulfill your created purpose. I hear those words again. I believe this is the promise that God wants to make to you. If you will put Jesus at the center of your universe, uh, not somewhere on the peripheral, uh, but at the very center of your thoughts and your devotion, your faith journey, if you put Jesus there, you will find and you will fulfill your created purpose in this world. Uh, you know, uh, one of the guys who did that a few decades later and, and found uh, his created purpose, in fact, he wrote uh, two-thirds of the New Testament, a guy named the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was radically changed uh, when he encountered the living Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, he would write uh, later that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And uh, here are some uh, profound thoughts the Apostle Paul would make about Jesus when he put him at the center of his world. Here's what he said. The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He's what makes God known to us. He's the firstborn over all of creation. And you think, wait, what? What does that mean? Well, Paul tells us, uh, for in him, in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, 
things that you can see and things that you can't see that are invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Hear that again. All things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. You know, uh, what Paul has given us here as he went through this life, experiencing the risen Christ, uh, he's given us a good dose of reality. Uh, I once uh, heard a quote, never left me, a guy named Dr. Henry Cloud. Uh, he made this statement. Uh, Folks, reality is your friend. And what he was saying is that most of our problems in life come when we deny reality, when we avoid reality, when we pretend things are not as they are. And uh, he said that the best place to start building a solid life is by acknowledging what is. Well, I would say the Apostle Paul is giving us a huge, a gargantuous dose of reality when he said that Jesus uh, is, is the source of all things and nothing exists apart from him. And uh, all things are made through him and for him. They find their purpose and their value uh, as they move towards Christ. And uh, maybe you're thinking at this point, well, uh, that may be good truth, but is it helpful truth? You know, someone once said, uh, truth isn't really uh, a benefit to us unless it's helpful, unless we can get a hold of it and it makes a difference in how we do marriage, uh, how we navigate the difficulties of this life. Well, I want to say the reason uh, this is helpful truth to know that uh, Jesus is the source and the reason for all things is because the one who created everything is the same one who became like us and hung out with broken and needy people. Uh, hear that again. Uh, the one who, for whom all things exist uh, became like us. The word became flesh and lived among us. And uh, he went right uh, to people who had needs and people who uh, others had written off as being candidates of God's love. You know, the same one who said he uh, created the world uh, came for the sick. He came for the hurting. You know, the same one who created all things is the one who invited those who were weary and tired to come to him uh, because he was gentle. (laughs) Imagine that, the creator and sustainer of all things inviting us to come and know that he is gentle, his way is easy, his burden is light, and that in coming near to him, we would find refreshment for our souls. The same one uh, who created and sustains all things, whether visible or invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, that same one uh, took on a towel and washed the dirty feet of his disciples. You know, that's, that's really good news. Uh, the same one who created all things and is uh, authoritative above all others uh, is the same one who hung on a cross, who would say to those who put him there uh, about them, he would pray for them and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. (laughs) I would say if that's reality, reality really is our friend, and we can begin to anchor our lives in those truths about the universe and our place uh, in it. Well, Paul goes on uh, to kind of begin uh, fleshing out uh, just how significant this is 
that that one who created all things is our Lord and Savior, is God with us, and his name is Jesus. Here's what Paul would say further about him when we put him at the center of our universe. Uh, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You ever go through those seasons of life where you think things are flying apart at the seams, or I can't keep it together? Well, he is the one uh, beyond our own inability who keeps all things together. Uh, Paul says, and he is the head of the body, the church. Uh, In other words, the church is not this aimless compilation of people contending for their religious preferences. Uh, The church has a head who's authoritative. His name is Jesus. In fact, Paul would write later in this letter of certain uh, believers who had severed themselves from the head. They were no longer responsive uh, to this one who is the head of the church. Uh, Paul writes, he is the beginning, and he's the firstborn from among the dead uh, for this reason, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. And what Paul is saying is uh, Jesus uh, endured death, uh, broke the stranglehold of death over humanity so that he could bring that freedom and that victory to everyone who calls out to him. Uh, Paul finally writes, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness, a package invested in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, uh, things in, uh, on earth, things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Well, uh, what Paul is saying is that uh, Christ not only embodied the fullness of every ounce of who God is and what God can do, uh, he, he made that completely available to us by going to the cross, uh, restoring us to God and making us candidates and recipients of his incredible life. Well, uh, here's my contention. Uh, when we make Jesus the center of our universe, uh, we find and we fulfill our created purpose. In fact, as we go to prayer, uh, I'll just uh, mention these final words that the the apostle would write in one of his other letters. He he makes this simple statement, yet profound. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Uh, They are restored uh, to that place that God always intended them, where they would uh, live in harmony with himself, with his created order, and uh, they would find their purpose as part of God's crowning achievement. Uh, would you pray with me? Uh, Father, thank you for the beauty of your world. Uh, thank you for the immensity and the magnitude of creation. Uh, thank you for the myriad of ways that you express to us your ability and your goodness. Uh, thank you that it's your desire uh, to bring all of who you are uh, into our lives that we can experience Uh, our created purpose. And I I pray, Lord, uh, if anyone is hearing these words today and needs to find uh, that reconnection with you and needs to open up uh, to their right brain revelation that uh, God is good and God is powerful and God has made himself known through the person of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you that your word could not be any clearer that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will experience salvation. We will become a a new creation 
Lord, recreate us today and help us to take a significant step forward toward you and toward your purpose for our lives, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.